Thank you, Jacques. When I arrived and I saw some interesting outfits, I was wondering if I did I miss the memo. Well done to you guys, Avengers pulling in when we needed you. Welcome to the guys upstairs as well. I said earlier, I think these guys upstairs are in the upper room, so remember that, even though you're not in the main hall. It's really cool to be preaching the Word of God, and um, I'm sure you guys have been watching Josh in live over these last couple of weeks. Just incredible message of the cross, discovering the cross, and... Um, just been great to see just the word that has been brought powerfully two weeks ago. I think Mike uh, Dauphé preached um, and then followed by Clarence Rule and then Scott, uh, his, his uh, recording was this morning. Wonderful message of the cross. And um, I'm going to stick with that this afternoon and, and stick with the theme of the cross. And uh, obviously that's the centrality of our faith. So it's uh, a good thing to focus on. So I'm going to be speaking specifically on forgiveness, and I want to be talking about living in forgiveness. And so I want to dive right in, and we want to look at a well-known portion of Scripture, Matthew 6, 9 to 15, where Jesus instructed us how to pray. And he said, this is how you pray, our Father in heaven. Hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Forgive us today our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive others who trespass against us, or forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors, as per that translation. We will see blessings come our way when we start um, responding in forgiveness. And just some of those blessings could be reconciliation, peace, harmony, understanding, and fellowship. And conversely, when we start walking in unforgiveness, we can see the effects of possibly hatred or war, bitterness, strife, disharmony and we're going to keep that that cross up for the I've asked Clay just to keep that cross up because our focus this afternoon is the cross and for us to look at that cross and I know that some of us a little pendant around our neck with a cross or sometimes the Bible has a cross in it or you see a building or a church with a cross in it and in essence what I want to do this afternoon is I want us to be reminded of the message of forgiveness when we look at the cross we see the cross consists of two sections, the long vertical section and then a shorter horizontal section. And as we have read in Matthew 6.12, Father, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive others who trespass against us. You see, the cross is just a wonderful reminder when we are living this Christian life and walking in uh, in, in uh, the, what the Lord has called us to do, living in forgiveness, that the cross must be a symbol and a reminder of forgiveness. We will see that blessings will come when we are forgiven by the Lord and we forgive others. All have sinned and fallen short 
of the glory of God. That's what the Word of God tells us. And we need to be honest with the Lord. When we mess up, when we sin, we can't hide our sin under the, under the mat, sweep things away. King David, this wonderful king, Israel, shepherd boy, became king. He sinned, fell with Bathsheba, tried to cover up his tracks. Beware, your sins will find you out. And when you do fall into sin, you might go up the miff tree, you might be upset that you've been bust. But um, as somebody once said, when you, you can go up the miff tree, but don't stay up there. Don't build a tree house up in the tree. You can get miffed, but come down, come down again. Psalm 32, 1 to 5. Blessed is the one whose transgressions are forgiven, whose sins are covered. Blessed is the one whose sin the Lord does not count against him, and in whose spirit is no deceit. When I kept silent, my bones wasted away. Through my groaning all day long, all day and night, your hand was heavy on me. My strength was sapped as in the heat of summer. Then I acknowledged my sin to you and did not cover my iniquity. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord and you will forgive me the guilt of my sin. We see for all of us there is a personal application to this Psalm 32. And that is that we are not to delay. And that we are to turn to the Lord quickly and to ask him for his forgiveness. Not to delay. Isaiah 55 reminds us that we are to seek the Lord while he may be found. Call on him while he is near. So this afternoon you might be asking the question, well, what's the point? Why do we... Why do we need to forgive? Why is there a need for forgiveness? Well, in Romans 3.23, the word says, All have sinned and have fallen short of the glory of God. Say all. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. There are no exceptions. Isaiah 53.6, All have gone astray, but each of us has turned to our own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity upon him on the cross for us all. Many people seeking physical healing could be carrying unforgiveness. Now, I'm not saying that those that are walking in sickness or have some affliction or have some infirmity, that there's unforgiveness, but there could well be a link in terms of unforgiveness in the lives of people and walking in wholeness. We are justified by faith, as Romans reminds us. Romans 4, 1 to 8. We are justified, lovely word, justified by by faith, not by works. Justified, just if I'd not sinned. Jesus forgives our sins totally. This is the amazing thing of the cross. In Micah 7, 18 to 19. Who is a God like you who pardons sin and forgives transgressions of the remnant of his inheritance? You do not stay angry forever 
and delight to show mercy. Verse 19, you will again have compassion on us. And this is the beautiful thing of the Lord. When we come to him in repentance, you will tread our sins underfoot and hurl our iniquities into the depths of the sea. Isn't that a wonderful promise? Hurl our iniquities into the depths of the sea. Man, that is amazing. Isaiah 43, 25. And you will remember our sins no more. As far as the east is from the west. As far as the east is from the west. When we repent and come to him, that's how he forgives us and removes our sin. I just want to, for a second, focus on the horizontal part of the cross. And just now we spoke about, Lord, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive others. That horizontal part of the cross, we are forgiven because we forgive. We walk being forgiven and we forgive. Just reflecting on the ark and the picture of the ark, in essence, before the fall, um, man and animals coexisted on the planet. There was harmony and unity on the planet. And then after the fall, they were at enmity with one another. They wanted to chow each other. The lion wanted to chow man. The lion wanted to chow the uh, buck or the lamb. But they went onto that ark. And that picture of the ark was, in essence, if you think about it, they were in enmity. They wanted to, they wanted to eat each other. But there was reconciliation. There was, there was um, forgiveness. And there was peace as those animals went onto the ark. Wonderful picture of peace. Matthew eleven twenty five, And this is important. When you stand praying... If you hold anything against anyone, forgive them, so that your heavenly Father in heaven may forgive you your sins. There's a true story about a man who was a cult band leader. He was, guy's name was Jeff Finholt. And for those that are millennials, you'll know nothing about him, because this is like the 70s. But uh, Jeff Finholt was a seven-foot giant, angry drug addict, alcoholic who used to beat up his wife. He was married to Irene Van Holt. She was this five-foot-something lady who was a born-again believer, and she had graced by the Lord to walk out with this man. And every time he got trashed and drugged out, he'd beat her up. But she would pray with him, pray for him, and say, Father, just forgive him. And she would actually take oil and anoint his head with oil and say, Father, forgive him, for he does not know what he's doing. She prayed, and she prayed, and she prayed. And you can imagine this, um, this hectic dude waking up the next day with this oily pip, you know, like thinking, my goodness, these drugs are having some serious, serious effect on me. But we saw God break into this guy's life and change his heart from this bully of man, arrogant, aggressive, drug-taking bully. God changed his heart into this gentle giant. And they ended up going into California, into prisons in California, these high prisons, where he just ministered to these people. These people just broke down. You see, he walked in forgiveness. He asked Jesus, and as his wife had prayed a prayer of forgiveness over him, he changed his, God actually changed his heart and turned him. And he just repented and came to the Lord. And so obviously he walked in forgiveness and walked in repentance. 
And God used him powerfully. So when we move out and we walk in forgiveness, we're going to see lives touched. We're going to see people changed. And we're going to see people coming to him. Just a consideration for some who are not having their prayers met. You might be calling out to the Lord for healing or for provision or whatever it is. And there's a brass ceiling. You, there's something that just not, not, you're not getting breakthrough on. Do you know that unforgiveness and criticism can bring barrenness in our lives? I want to say that again. Unforgiveness and criticism can bring barrenness in your life. When you are critical and you are unf- unforgiving, it's not going to end well. Some 33 years ago, I sold a business, and the person who bought the business from me defaulted it and didn't pay me for it. And uh, we were going to a Catholic church in Rondebosch at the time, and we were going to uh, a cell group. In those days, it was part of NCMI, and Mark Manley, who some of you know him, he's an elder in Oxygen Life. And so we'd go for a year, go to his community Catholic church, community Catholic church. And I wasn't a believer at the time, and I was mad at this guy. He owed me all this money. I think I would have distorted the scriptures. I probably would have misinterpreted it's better to give than to receive. I was not in a good place, but uh, God dealt with me. And uh, the one morning we went to this meeting, and he just preached this message of a the master who forgave his servant, the sizable debt. And in turn, the servant did not forgive the fellow servant a much smaller debt. And I walked out of that meeting, and I, it, something struck a chord in my heart. You must know, I, I, was, I wasn't a believer, and I said to Margaret, I'm actually going to release this guy from the debt. I'm going to release him from what he, and forgive him, and move on. And it was instant. Within, it was literally a week or two. We just saw the floodgates of God's provision come from, like, you can't believe, like, in those years, 33 years ago, you didn't get money back from the taxman. Suddenly these checks are coming back from the taxman. What? Which is insane. But God had a plan, you see. That was just the start. He had started a work in me. And just that act of me stepping out and forgiving that guy, God started working something in me that I had to repent and come to him and ask him for his forgiveness and bow their knee to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. You know, I did a bit of a, just looking at, and it's not about the moolah, but I did a bit of a research on the amount of money that the master forgave the fellow servant. It was something like in today's terms, and they talk about shekels and, and talents, but in today's terms, it was something like six million US dollars that the servant owed the master. The smaller debt that was owed by the fellow servant was only $17. 17 Now, you don't have to be an Einstein to know bizarre that an oak would forgive you six million dollars and you won't forgive your fellow servants 17 it's crazy isn't it the point of this point of my story is this when we were sinners and when we were in a dark place when we far from the lord when we were blaspheming him and running from him jesus went to a cross for us paid the ultimate price was bruised for our iniquities he was he gave up his life on a cross so that we could be reconciled with the Father into eternity. What a picture of forgiveness. If Jesus forgave us our sin and went to the cross for us, 
should we not respond and forgive others who trespass against us as we walk? And it's difficult. At times it's, well, sometimes it's not difficult. It's just impossible. But God enables. God enables us to forgive and to move on. We see that Jesus on that cross was the perfect picture of forgiveness. While he was being beaten for you and for me, and while he was being brutally crucified on that cross, all he said was, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they're doing. And when we are persecuted and when people come against us with things, shouldn't we just say, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they're doing? Can we not enact what Jesus did and just say, Father, forgive them? Let us continue to walk in forgiveness. So for a minute, I just want to think about this word, unforgiveness. Unforgiveness. What is it? Well, firstly, we see that unforgiveness is wicked and it's evil in the Lord's eyes. Secondly, unforgiveness provokes God's anger. And thirdly, unforgiveness delivers us into the hands of our tormentors. Delivers us into the hands of our tormentors when we, un- when we walk in unforgiveness. So how can we forgive? Well, it's only by God's grace and by what he's done on the cross that he's enabled us to forgive others. Importantly is this, is that forgiveness is not an emotion, it's a decision. Forgiveness is a decision. So I want to put up a match slide before... And a friend of mine sent me this, mistakes catch the attention, but forgiveness catches the heart. Now this mate of mine, I got it last week, he didn't know that I was preaching on forgiveness. I was so encouraged when I saw this, but in essence, it just struck a chord in my heart when I saw that. Mistakes catch the attention, but... Forgiveness catches the heart. I know it's a worldly thing, but it just it struck a chord in my heart when I saw that. Yeah, unforgiveness. You know, it's so often we hold on to things and we go round and round the mountain on things. It could be like trivial, trivial things. Maybe Yanni, standard five, stole your Samis and you're still not happy with Yanni. Still un- unforgiveness. Let it go. Let it go. Or maybe, <laughs> maybe Aunt Gola's dog charred your homework in matric and you are livid still today. I mean, let it go. I'm, not, I'm making light of it. But there are, some, there are some things that you guys are going through, I know. You might be going through stuff now or you've been through stuff in the past where there have been people in authority possibly, be it... Um, a teacher, be it uh, maybe a pastor, maybe uh, a husband or a spouse or a wife, and uh, there's unforgiveness in the camp. And you're saying, you don't know what I've been through. There's no ways I can forgive that person. In the natural, they can't. But when you start speaking that, those names of those people that have brought you to be unforgiving, you'll see a release of God's power in your life. So I just want to look at uh, six quick points before we land this, before we have a time of prayer and a bit of worship. 
The first point that I want to raise is that we need to recognize our need to forgive. We all need to forgive. And if you're living in a bit of forgiveness right now, you don't know what tomorrow is going to bring. We need to live in forgiveness because you just don't know what is faced, we're faced with tomorrow. Second, we need to submit to God and to His Word. Thirdly, we need to make the right decisions. Don't work on feelings. I will forgive the person when they say they are sorry. Remember I said earlier, it's not an emotion. It's a decision that we take. We decide to forgive somebody and we move on. It's a decision. The fourth thing is important, and that is this, is that if you have unforgiveness towards somebody, take it to the Lord first. Take it to the Lord first. And, um, yeah, just to demonstrate that what not to do. After the meeting, I'll go up to Armado. I'll pick on him. I'll say, hey, Armado, how's it, bro? Uh, I just want to say I'll forgive you. And Armado's going to say, for what? And I want to say, but Armado, you know what it is. And Armada's going to say, but actually, Lee, I don't, don't know what you're talking about. And then I'll say, but Armada, you should know what it is, and you should feel sorry about it, and yeah, you should say sorry, man. And then there's a whole warlock between the two of us. Crazy, just absolutely crazy. I sometimes, yeah. And then I'll take it to the Lord. I'll take this thing to the Lord. Say, Father, would you reveal to Armada that he mustn't park in the, uh, the wheelchair parking Will you, will you um, remind him not to do that because that's my parking? And, you know, when you take things to the Lord, <laughs> he mis- might just highlight, it's not a martyr, it's you that's being the mullet here. It's me, I'm being the mullet, I'm parking. In the- See what I'm saying? Take the thing to the Lord. Take it to the Lord first. Then fifthly, importantly, is this. Speak the person's name. We're going to have a, an opportunity after this meeting where we'll just break bread and then we can... Spend time just waiting on the Lord. For some, you might want to say, Father, forgive me for what I've done. For me, I've got to do that often. Lord, forgive me for what I've done. Daily, we've got to do that. So we'll have that opportunity to do that. And then also, we can have an opportunity to ask the Lord to, to help us forgive Tom, Dick, or Harry, whoever the person is. Have an opportunity just to be mindful of speaking those words and often what would happen you're carrying unforgiveness about somebody and there is just no ways you can even say his name they've been there it's happened with me like i can't even hey that tom guy there's no ways i'm going to forgive him and then i do then I, i say his name even though in my heart i haven't forgiven him i've started the process by saying it the power of the tongue brings life or it brings death. That's what the word tells us. And when we start speaking words of forgiveness and mentioning names, we'll see a release and you'll see God will enable you to forgive. Sixth point is this, is that we need to replace the negative with a positive. And that is, thank you, Father, that you have given, forgiven me. Thank you, Father, that you've enabled me to forgive others. Simple as that. And so I know in this room and upstairs, most of us are probably living, you, 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 you don't have unforgiveness. You're living in forgiveness. You don't have unforgiveness in your life. But what I want to do this afternoon, I want to have us all stand here and upstairs in the upper room. You guys can stand too. 
And what I want to do is I want to just lead us in a short prayer. I'm going to read it and then you respond to me in that. Quick prayer. We'll start changing our hearts. I don't think there are any visitors here today. I'm not sure upstairs. And for some that have never asked the Lord for forgiveness, maybe today is a day that you'd say, Father, forgive my sins. I bow the knee to you and I accept you as Lord and Savior of my life. Maybe there's an opportunity for us to do that as well today. So I'm going to say a, a quick prayer. I'll just, it's a, just a quick little prayer that you recite after me. It's just up school. Ne? And then we're going to break bread. And then we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna say the prayer first. Uh, we're going to say the, the elements up here. The elements up here are ready. They, these, the biscuits are there. And they've been sanitized. They've been prayed over. Ding, ding, ding. No. They are, it's all good. Joey assures me that these things are fine. They're safe. So we're going to have a time of breaking bread. And then I would like us just to wait on the Lord. As the musos just lead us. Would we approach the throne? Say, Father, forgive us our trespasses and help us, Father, to forgive others who trespass against us. So bow your heads with me and repeat after me. Lord, I acknowledge the need for your forgiveness. Lord, I believe you want to forgive me. Lord, I acknowledge I need to forgive others. Lord, I now forgive as you have forgiven me. I now affirm that I have forgiven others and you have forgiven me. You prayed that prayer. Now all we can do is just by taking the elements up front, we're going to just have a time of reflecting on the cross. So would you come forward and just help yourself to the elements up here? And then just quieten your hearts. Sorry, there, over there and over here. And then we'll just quieten our hearts before the Lord as the musos just gently lead us. So please come forward. Help yourself. The juices are there. And that's our too. Thank you, Father, for the cross. Thank you that we can partake in this biscuit and this juice now just in remembrance of what you've done for us on a cross Father we thank you that you've forgiven us our sins and that you've given us the ability to forgive others their trespasses against us so we just quieten our hearts now Lord we just ponder on your mercy and your grace ponder on you forgiving us and we are mindful of anybody that we need to forgive. Thank you that you will enable us, God, even in a quiet way as we just mention those names of those people that we need to forgive. So you can just say that name to yourself and give that person to the Lord and he'll enable you to forgive. Thank you for the cross, Lord. Thank you that you gave up your life for us on the cross. More than 2,000 years ago, you gave up your life so that we could be reconciled to the Father into eternity. What a gift. What a beautiful gift. We thank you, Lord.
Jesus. Thank you for the body that was broken for us. We just partake now. This biscuit is representative of your body that was broken on a tree, on a cross for us. And the juice that is representative of the blood that was shed for us, the blood that will wash us clean, purify us. Thank you for the blood of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. And for possibly anybody in the meeting that has never, ever called out to the Lord, has never asked the Lord for forgiveness, you've never bowed the knee to the Lord, I'm going to give an opportunity now for downstairs and upstairs. If there's somebody that wants to say, Lord, Forgive me my sins. I come to you and I ask you for your forgiveness. You know that Jesus said, if you would acknowledge me before man, I will acknowledge you before my Father one day in heaven. So we give the opportunity now, God. We, Yeah, just search our hearts. Anybody that has never, ever given their life to Jesus, if you've made that commitment today and you've just, you want to, bow the knee to him will you give an indication to Dion upstairs in the meeting upstairs and, and if there's somebody down below will you come up to Jacques and uh, we will pray for you guys other than that we're just going to quieten our hearts as we wait on the Lord Musas will lead us in some worship thank you for the cross Lord thank you Lord